0: Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with the tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. This episode today is coming to you straight from my room because I am in quarantine. Yes, I am in quarantine. I have been shut up in my room since last Thursday. This is my fourth full day shut up in my room and (laughs) uh, normally I would think that you know my personality I have the kind of personality that would be pretty content to just stay by myself and you know read my books get some work done Uh, and normally that would be the case but when you're forced to do it that's that's a little bit different Uh, it's been so long since I've socialized that I'm at the point in quarantine where Pretty much everything on my desk has a name. Um, This episode's brought to you by Daryl the Desk, Marty the Microphone, and of course my laptop, Billy Jean. Some years ago, Marty the Microphone and I, we we had a falling out. Some words were said. Some some backs were stabbed. But we've since then reconciled, and now we've got the squad back together uh, to put on a podcast. We're here to talk about Pleasure today. <laughs> so, somebody please FaceTime me or something. I'm going crazy. I, I, I'm truly going nuts. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're going to talk about pleasure today, and Psalm 16 is going to help us. We're going to look through the scope of Psalm 16. But first, why are we going to talk about pleasure of all things? Pleasure. And you know, as Christians, we we know that our greatest pleasure should be knowing the Lord. But so often we, we forget that and we turn to other things to give us pleasure and we're, we're, we're tempted by other things. And it just throws all of our priorities out of whack and we're so quick to prioritize other things above God. And so we're going to talk about pleasure today. We're going to try to re- assess reprioritize let's see what Psalm 16 says about finding pleasure in the Lord so first I'm going to read it here Psalm 16 preserve me O God for in you I take refuge I say to the Lord you are my Lord I have no good apart from you as for the saints in the land they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I've thought it. Maybe you've thought it. I guarantee many, many of the people that you've reached out to with the gospel have thought it. I'm talking about the notion that Christians can't have fun. Christians can't have fun. You know, you know the, these super Jesus weirdos who who seem to actually enjoy church and enjoy singing and enjoy being around each other. That's crazy. That's crazy the world sees christians as bland vanilla dull and this is what i thought of christians when i first started to come around certainly you know they're they're living in this weird type of community they're all overly joyful and yet they don't ever do any of the things that i consider to be fun and when you take someone that's at this stage and you confront them with the gospel the thing that goes through their head is, so that this Jesus sounds pretty interesting. You're, you're telling me he can fill this void in my life, but to follow him, I need to pretty much give up everything that I really enjoy. No, thank you. This is about pleasure. And the question really boils down to, is Jesus worth forsaking everything to follow? while following Jesus, it, it does mean forsaking the priority of everything else. It, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, entering into this, this crazy monk-like life where, you know, I sleep on the ground, uh, I, my only possessions are, are my robe and my food bowl. But that's exactly what it looks like to unbelievers. They can't fathom the idea of giving up excessive drinking. Partying and premarital sex because they don't understand that Jesus offers a different type of pleasure. And it's a pleasure that is worth far, far more. But we know this because we've met Jesus. We've experienced him. And really the only people that we can expect to know that Jesus offers a pleasure greater than the world are the people that have met Jesus and been transformed by him and have experienced his love and his grace. Recently, as a Bible study, we watched this documentary on Netflix called The American Gospel. And man, guys, this this documentary, if you haven't seen it, it is so, so good. You need to hop on Netflix and you need to watch it. The first half gives just this phenomenal gospel presentation, this clear gospel presentation by by people such as Paul Washer and Brian Chapel. And then the second half of the documentary, it's all about exposing the prosperity gospel and exposing the, the people that preach the prosperity gospel. And in this documentary there's this guy, he's named Costi Hinn, and he's the nephew of one of the most prominent rich prosperity gospel preachers Benny Hinn and this guy Costi he he worked for years for his uncle he was a part of his uncle's ministry he he was the guy that (laughs) he he stood by the stage ready to catch the people that Benny would would supposedly heal and they'd be cast backwards and and Costi Hinn would catch them but since that time since working in his uncle's ministry you know he got saved, the Lord saved him and brought him to a proper understanding of the real gospel, the gospel of grace. And now Costi Hinn, he's a pastor. He's a pastor and he's preaching the real gospel. But this struck me because you have this guy who he really had anything you could possibly ever want. His family was mega rich. They They had yachts. They were staying in these Super fancy hotels, staying in these uh, crazy multi-million-dollar houses on the coast. But he traded it all in. He 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 traded it all in, and now he's just, you know, he's a regular pastor over a congregation. He's preaching the word week in and week out. And you know, as a pastor, surely he's not making (laughs) too much money, but. This guy Costi Hinn, he he met Jesus and he experienced the pleasure that Jesus has to offer. And he realized that, you know what, all of that money, all of all of that, that entire world, that can't compare to what Jesus actually has to offer. I think of another man named Nabil Qureshi. He was also featured on the tail end of this American gospel documentary. And Nabeel, he was a Pakistani-American, and he was raised in a devout Muslim home. And his parents, you know, they, they raised him uh, basically to be an apologist for, for Islam. So when, when he was a child, whenever anyone would approach him with the gospel of grace and reasons why Christianity was true, Nabil would be quick to, he'd be able to push back on them. But long story short, Nabil he he was saved. I think he was saved in college or or soon after college and he came to an understanding of you know who Jesus actually was and and his faith was placed in the Lord Jesus. And Nabil he he put his his talents to use for the Lord. He became an apologist, a, a speaker and an apologist who who set out to you know basically prove christianity and speak to people and share the gospel he was a part of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries and sadly Nabil he recently died of stomach cancer i think about 3 years ago in, in 2017 but i was just hearing this guy's testimony and i was just blown away because coming from a devout muslim family when Nabil was saved and and he knew that Jesus is the Lord and that, that he was the Savior and God, uh, he knew that to proclaim that publicly, it would bring great shame on his family and he would pretty much be excommunicated. But he weighed the cost. He weighed the cost and he, he met Jesus and he experienced the pleasure that Jesus has to offer and, and he knew that he couldn't help but follow Jesus with his life and, and so he set off to do that and, and his family pretty much turned their backs on him they, they were destroyed um, but, but that was just one thing that I really admired about Nabil is you know knowing that the pleasures that, that he got from being a part of his family and for having a good relationship with them that they still were not worth the pleasure that came with following Jesus. And you, as a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, I'm sure that in some way, shape, or form, you have exchanged some type of pleasure that you were experiencing and chasing after before you were a Christian. You've taken it and exchanged it for the pleasure that comes with following Christ, with being obedient to our Lord. Maybe you guys have heard of another guy that I'm thinking of. He's this kind of obscure, you know, no-name guy, uh, John Piper. John Piper, and you know, John Piper's thing is Christian hedonism. He he's coined this Christian hedonism, and the essence of Christian hedonism is this phrase: "God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him." God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And some theologians they they take issue with this phrase because you know they they view that it's taking the focus off of God and and putting the focus on us that that the outcome of God's glory it relies on us somehow. But I don't think that's what John Piper is meaning to do, but really what he's doing with this phrase is he's acknowledging the fact that God created the world for his own praise. God's whole plan for creation and his plan for redemption is to bring himself glory. And God brings himself glory supremely through the sacrifice of his son Jesus for sinners. That is the greatest way that he has displayed his glory to us. And we know that Jesus' death on the cross, it purchased salvation for us. It purchased this relationship with God for us. We're adopted into God's family when our faith is placed in Jesus Christ. And so it makes sense that God is most glorified when we are the most satisfied in him, in this relationship with that Jesus purchased for us, that Jesus brought us into. God is extremely glorified when we find our pleasure in him. When our our greatest hope is that Christ would be magnified in our lives, that that we would completely submit to him, that, that we would just strive to obey him All of these things, all of these things God is glorified in because our pleasure is found in him. Let's go to Psalm 16, and Psalm 16 is going to help put some of these pleasures that are only found in God into words. And so one of the pleasures that we find in God is the pleasure of providence. God provides for us. Verse 2 says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. I have no good apart from God, everything good that I have in my life is a gift from God. The air that I breathe, the fact that I woke up this morning, my relationships, all of those things are a good gift from God. Verses 5 and 6 they say, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup, you hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, indeed I have a beautiful inheritance. And what that is talking about is the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Back in the time that this was written, those lines that David is talking about, they're they're the lines of property, property lines. And so when he's talking about an inheritance, he's talking about what has been left to him. And so he's alluding to that idea and connecting it to the way that we have a beautiful inheritance in God. We do. God has adopted us as children. And that means that I inherit eternal life of all things. Eternal life. And not only that, but this relationship that I have with God now in this life. And not only that, but but everything else that comes along with that that sonship, that daughterhood that God has given to us, the, the right to talk to God, to go to him in prayer, the promises that he's given his children, all of those things are part of this beautiful inheritance that God has given to us. Another pleasure that we find in God is the pleasure of security. Verse one says, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. God is our refuge. In verse eight, it says, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be shaken that's the language of a protector God is our protector he keeps us secure verse 10 says for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your holy one see corruption God will never abandon his children never he's always going to be with his children he's he's walking with us through our lives in the bad times and in the good times and even in the times where we feel like he's distant we can be assured that he is with us and that he's providing us security that he is holding us in his hands another type of pleasure that we find in God is, is the pleasure of fellowship the pleasure of God's people look at verse 3 as for the saints in the land they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight and man this is so true the pleasure of being with God's people it's something that you know i, I never would have seen for my life until that i was a christian but it, isn't it crazy to think that the people that you are friends with now you probably never would have been friends with them unless you were a christian there's this fellowship that comes with this common bond found in jesus and and there's that truth that sense that you know, even a Christian that I have never met that lives across the world, I could meet them and instantly have a bond with them that is stronger than, you know, a bond that I have with a blood relative of mine that doesn't know the Lord. We have this common bond in Christ. We're brothers. And so these are just some pleasures that this psalm shows us that are found In God and summed up all these pleasures summed up I really think that the thing that we as humans want most our greatest desire everybody wants to be fully known and fully loved we want to be fully known we want we want to be known by somebody we we want to have a relationship with them where they know things about us and we know things about them But not only that, people can know things about us and not like us, but we also want to be fully loved. Why do you think we romanticize about relationships so much? Because we we want that ideal person to come along that we really, really get along with. You know, we we get to know them very well and they know everything about me. They know my faults, They, they know the good things about me they know my secrets they they know the things that i like to do when i was a kid they they know all of those things and we want that full unconditional love from them we we want to find that person that loves us unconditionally despite knowing everything about us all those bad things all the <laughs> all the sin everything we idealize that And we idealize that because that is the inherent desire of our hearts. That's that God-shaped hole in our heart. And it's a God-shaped hole because only God can fill it. God's omniscient. God knows everything about me. He knows every sin that I've ever committed. He knows every sin that I'm ever going to commit. He knows everything about me. And he's the only one that could ever know that completely and the thing about God is that God fully loves me he fully loves me he knows all that stuff and yet he decided to set his love upon me and to send his son Jesus to die for my sins that's all the proof that I need to know that God fully loves me And so look at verse 11. It says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. At God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. In his presence is the fullness of joy. He's the only one that I am going to experience this fullness of joy with. And that's because God is the only one that can fulfill that that inherent desire that we all have, that the desire to be fully known and fully loved. You will only ever find that in the person of Jesus. And so friends, cast cast your desires, cast your uh, love on the Lord Jesus. Find your pleasures in him. When you're tempted to elevate something above God, when when you're tempted to sin, remember that that momentary pleasure that you experience from sinning, it is nothing compared to that fullness of joy, that pleasure that we get from being in relationship with our God, from being obedient to him, for walking with him. Take it from me, someone who's been walking with God now for about, five years and i think to all of my past experiences and to just everything in my life and i can truly say that there's no pleasure that has compared to walking with jesus and just thinking about the depths of how much he loves a sinner like me it's unimaginable so i urge you to do the same thing Thanks for catching up with the third episode of Toolbox and Testimony. We have a Facebook page now, hop on Facebook, search Toolbox and Testimony, give us a follow. There's also an email address, toolboxandtestimony at gmail.com. Send in any specific Bible passages or or topics that you'd like me to go through or address. I'm thinking about doing a, a mailbag episode at some time in the future where I answer people's questions. But until next time, I hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier.